Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 235. It is brought to you this week by Eero, Pingdom, and Luna Display. I'm Stephen Hackett. I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Uh, salut. Ooh. Cevac. That sounds like Romanian to me. It is Romanian, because that's where I am. I'm here in Romania. Uh, you're in Romania. You're in a hotel room cooped up with apparently the best... Do we need to update the artwork for this episode, or are we good? I think I, that seems like a lot of work. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, you have the best hotel Wi-Fi on planet Earth, so <laughs> it's it's faster than what I have yep, at home. I, Just killing I me. have a router in my room that I can see, which I've never experienced in a hotel room before. It's just sitting there with its little aerials. Just, so. just, just uh, waving to say, hi, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also joined, of course, by Mr. Federico Vitici. Buongiorno. Hi. It's it's morning. Well, it's relatively early compared to our usual it, time, so buongiorno seems appropriate. Mm. It is. It is earlier in the day, and we're a day early. It's all, it's all a little bit different this week on Connected. Mm. Yeah. It's been a strange week so far. It has. <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah, this has been so, one for uh, the books. Really. <laughs> this has been a real situation going on this week. And Apple's event isn't even until next week. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like what a week. Huh? It's, it's Tuesday, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday, 9 a.m. my time. And it's like, yeah. man, I am really tired already. <laughs> what a long week. So we should get into this. Uh, but first, we, we do have an announcement. Kind of. We have a pre-announcement. A pre-announcement. We have a save the date. So it's not yeah. an invitation to the wedding. It's just, hey, this is when it's going to be. WWDC is in San Jose, June 3rd through 7th. Uh, we will be doing a live connected the evening of Wednesday, June 5th. We don't have tickets up yet. We're just saying this to put it on your calendar. We're really excited to be doing another live a show at WWDC. So Wednesday, June 5th, if you're in the area, we will announce on the show when tickets go up. So you don't have to worry about you know missing a tweet or an email. We will announce it on the show, uh, hopefully here in just a couple of weeks. So I'm working on getting the, the final details put together there. Yeah, this is one of the funny things about WWDC, right? Like we actually can't book anything until we know for sure. Um, but Stephen's been working diligently on getting all of the pieces in place. So we expect to be able to do everything as we hope, but let's just wait for 100% confirmation until we get the tickets out. But um, yeah, you can come see us on Wednesday. I think it's ATP mm-hmm. Monday, Talk Show Tuesday, Connected on Wednesday. Well, obviously, everybody's waiting for Connected. So I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's why I it's mean, on Wednesday. Given our track record yeah. and given you know our performance from Caps last it. year. Caps it all so, off. This isn't in the show notes, but I wanted to share something with you all. Uh-oh. Uh, and I wanted to, to surprise you with this. Oh, so I don't know what this is. It's not follow up. It's not follow out. But I got an email mm-hmm. that I wanted to share with you before we moved on okay. from okay. someone named Sarah. This is just an email. This isn't like follow anything. It's just an email. <laughs> well, it's just it, – it just literally just – I don't want to share it. Okay. Today – well, tomorrow, I guess now, March 20th, is National Ravioli Day Oh, <laughs> here okay. in the U.S. And I have some, some facts what are from we this, going with this? <laughs> this PR junk email that I got. Ravioli facts. Fact one, ravioli are incredibly versatile. They may seem simple, but it can also be high class. 12% of Americans consider ravioli to be the fanciest type of pasta. <laughs> Not fancy. <laughs> 
six percent admit to having served ravioli to impress someone else. Okay. <laughs> Can I that? ask you a quick question at this point? Sure. Why are we doing this? Like, do because we- <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to hear Federico's oh, okay. ravioli. Are not fancy, and if you need to impress someone with ravioli, you really need to question your choices like, in life. Isn't kind of like the point of ravioli is its quick and easiness? Because like <laughs> you, you literally just put it in water for like four minutes and it's done, right? Like that's kind of the great like, thing about ravioli. I mean, I guess you can make an argument. Um, in certain parts of Italy, like in in Emilia Romagna, it's it's a region up here in northern Italy. You can make an argument in favor of ravioli being traditional and like being homemade, and you know the tradition of your grandma making ravioli. Like I can see that, but most people just buy the pre-made ravioli at the supermarket or something. Sure, they're not mm-hmm. fancy. They are easy, like Mike said. They are simple. They are they're they're. I mean, I love them, but. I wouldn't cook ravioli to impress people. Uh, I mean, one of the other great things about ravioli is you can make a bunch of it and freeze it, and then you can just cook it later. It's great. That's true. And going back to Sarah's email here, even the pickiest eaters can enjoy cheese ravioli. That's not true. Which is, makes up thirty percent. It's not true. That's, I can't. That's in- I can't enjoy it. Exactly. Cheese ravioli would kill me. I would but- say that Stephen is probably the pickiest eater that I know, and he he for good reason. Of not, all you people, know. Stephen, why did you get this email? You cannot I know, eat I, anything. I can't. I can't eat dairy. <laughs> what are you talking about, Sarah? Uh, but the more adventurous people turn to spinach, lobster, not- or even kale, which just seems like an abomination to me. Can we kale just go back to, to the way you said lobster? Lobster. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you didn't say it like that. I probably stumbled through I think it. It's it was nine more o'clock like in the morning. Store, which is like the <laughs> robot lobster. version of lobster. Lobster. <laughs> the lobster. Uh, finally, to wrap this up before there we move were on. Two to rounds of Apple product releases this week. I know, but this is where I'm really. This okay. is. It's been leading up to this. Okay. Okay. So we've talked about how they're versatile and they're fancy. There is no wrong way to eat a ravioli. That's incorrect. Oh, I twenty-two percent of Americans report eating ravioli in one bite. Oh, what? I mean, well, that's not impossible, right? Like you could do 10% that. Ten percent say more than one at a time. If you're just getting no, crazy. That's come insane. On. What is <laughs> wrong with that's you? That's so American. <laughs> but twenty-eight percent says you savor them one at a time, bite by bite. And I think that's the way you should do it. As someone who doesn't eat pasta. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's all. I just wanted to share this before our That's good it. though. That yeah. is, I'm um... gonna uh I'm gonna email her and say you need to talk to Federico Vatici. I'm gonna give her no, email. No, no, you should send, send her a her link to the link show. To the show, yes. Yeah, yeah. I did what I did exactly what this junk spam email wanted me to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. More probably less important follow up. Our merch is still on sale. No, this is way we more are, important than the ravioli. It is probably a little more important. Technology should be colorful. The shirt is is out there. It's making waves. People are talking about it. Are people talking about it? People are influencing others on Instagram, I think. We have one <laughs> week left. Is that you think it on... works, that people just influence each other? I don't like, know. Intentionally. <laughs> That's what it means. That's yeah. what this influencing means. It's just like one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. You just you call somebody and be like, hey, I think you would enjoy this shirt. It's a real grassroots campaign we've got going <laughs> on over here. Uh, have you heard a good word about the connected merchandise? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. There, there's a week left. So uh, it's actually eight days 
from the 19th, but next Wednesday it will be gone. So uh, you need to get on this. Uh, we did sell out of stickers. They sold out super quickly. Super fast. Super fast. Uh, so thank you to everyone who ordered a sticker. We've already seen some pictures on Twitter. So if you just ordered stickers, they should be on their way to you. And if you get them and stick them on something, uh, send us a picture. The show is you know at underscore connected mm-hmm. FM on Twitter. Oh, you should also follow that account because over the next week, we're going to be giving away some codes for free t-shirts. Yep. So yep. you're going to get on that. That's at yep. underscore connected FM. So you can also find links to that on uh, the Relay FM website. But yeah, so follow that account. We're going to be giving away some free shirts. Remember, connectedmerch.com. Connectedmerch.com. Thank you. Yep. And you can only get it to see yourself for one more week. And we may never do this t-shirt again. It took us like six years to redo it. So... You know, mm-hmm. might be another mm-hmm. 15 years, if ever, until yeah. until this T-shirt comes back. This is your only chance to influence each yeah. other with these T-shirts Straight and stickers. Up. If you're going to be at WWDC, you know you're going to want to wear one of these because it's going to look real good. And you're going to get high fives mm-hmm. and like those finger guns from people as they see you walking mm-hmm. down the street. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's my pledge, by the way. Finger guns, if I see you. Like, pew, 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 like that kind okay. of thing. Like, you know, I like that. Wow. Okay. That's what people okay. will get from me. It's a big promise. Mm-hmm. Apple and Spotify continue to fight each other via press release, which is really the wimpiest way to have a fight. But Or is it the biggest way? <laughs> right? Like is it the most flex that you could do is to just press release on each other? Maybe. Is that the verb? Just what? to flex on. Maybe. To press, to press release. release. To press release. Yeah, yeah. You just press release yeah. in. You just release in the presses. <laughs> uh it's it's not even worth talking about it because they're arguing around each other at this point which is uh, you'd expect neither of them are really addressing the points that the other one's making they're just trying to make it that the other one's worse than they say they are that's basically where we Mm -hmm. are with this uh i think right now the only thing that is of any importance is well there's two things of of importance will apple actually make any changes at wwdc like if they're going to do any it will be there um and or what will happen with the European Commission and Spotify's claim to them of uh, kind of monopolistic practices. So they're the two things to watch out for. The press releases at this point, it's, it's, it's exactly as you would expect, right? Like Apple argued some points, made some good points, completely neglected to talk about others, and then Spotify did the same. Yeah, it's no, that's really surprising. No. So we just wanted to kind of follow up on that, mm-hmm. but I don't think we have anything to add. Uh, before we get into the news, we do have a mini topic. Federico, are you willing to speak about your multiple watches? Nah, I think we should keep waiting. Uh, it's maybe at least two weeks, probably, if we're gonna wait. Well, we can talk ta- about it next week. We can talk about it next week. Well, look, we we're got plenty of topics. <laughs> okay. We got plenty of topics here. That's uh, true. We we you know all these Apple announcements. Why should we talk about my multiple Apple watches? Yeah, we we burned so much time on ravioli. We have no time for watches. Exactly. If Aaron Stephen talked about the ravioli at such <laughs> we length, about the time. <laughs> we, so blame Stephen. Uh, not my fault. He really mm-hmm. wanted as a as a pasta aficionado. He really wanted to talk about ravioli. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Uh, as usual, uh, Stephen is the reason. Stephen, you're a pasta influencer. Just one one person to one person influencing Federico about pasta. Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay, well, then we were just going to move on, and I want to tell you about our first sponsor, which is Eero. With Eero, you can build a Wi-Fi system that's perfectly tailored to your home. We all live in a high-bandwidth world with lots of devices connected all the time, 
and we need distributed systems in our homes to make sure that we get the best speeds available. And with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. It all starts with the second-gen Eero device. It has three 5 gigahertz radios for increased speed and range, and it just sits flat on any surface, connecting via Ethernet or wirelessly. And then you go out from there, expanding the coverage throughout your home with some Eero beacons. These are small devices that plug directly into the wall, allowing you to easily reach every corner of your home. And Eero now has Eero Plus. It's designed to provide simple, reliable security to help defend all of the devices in your home against things like malware, phishing, and unsuitable content. Eero Plus can automatically tag sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you'll have powerful parental controls at your fingertips. It includes ad-blocking functionality to help improve load times and get rid of those privacy-invading ad-tracking uh, garbage on a bunch of sites. And you can even have Eroplus check the sites you visit against a database of millions of threats to prevent you from visiting something malicious. Eroplus even includes subscriptions to things like 1Password and Malwarebytes for password management and antivirus solutions. I've been using Eroplus on my home network for a long time now, and I like that I know that people in my house, kids with devices, are safe from a lot of harmful stuff on the internet. And in the Eero app, I can I can see if someone triggers one of those rules. So it gives me a lot of tools and reporting to help understand what's going on on my network. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. Just go to Eero.com slash weirdfish and use the checkout code that cracks me <laughs> Surprise up. Surprise URL change. <laughs> and use the checkout code uh, weirdfish. That's eero.com slash weirdfish and the code weirdfish at checkout. That was my surprise gift to all of you. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I appreciate it. So head over there, use weirdfish, get 100 bucks off that package. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. Weird fish. Yep. They contacted and they were like, "We need a new URL." And I was like, "I know, I know what." Yeah, to I'm do. sure. I'm sure whoever saw that email, they were like, "What is he talking about?" Yeah, there was that point where I was like, "Are they going to let me do this?" Yep, they're going to let me yeah. do it. So thank you, Eero. Yeah, well, Eero's great. So we're going to follow along with Apple's very, very busy week, and that means starting with new iPads, a new iPad Air, and shock, a new iPad mini. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of stuff on Monday to consider. Do you guys want to start with the iPad Air and then we can move move down in size as we go? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the iPad Air is essentially a spec bump revision of the 10.5-inch iPad Pro without promotion and with a couple of minor differences. So the it's got this essentially the same design of the old 10.5 inch iPad Pro, um, but it's got no quad speaker system, so only two speakers uh, on this new device. And I'm sure we all care about this, but instead of 600 nits of brightness, the new iPad Air only has 500 nits. So uh, uh, you can say iPad goodbye. Air is cancelled. Cancelled. It's goodbye to those 100 nits. Uh, it's actually the same as the 9.5 or 9.7 inch iPad Pro was. So, like, it's fine. Totally yeah. fine. But, of course, the main 
advantage and difference from the Tempo 5-inch iPad Pro is the adoption of the A12 Bionic chip with apparently, according to benchmarks posted on Geekbench, 3 gigabytes of RAM. Mm-hmm. Um, it is compatible with the first-generation Apple Pencil um, because, of course, these, as we're going to talk about in a minute, this iPad does not have the flat and magnetic edges of the uh, the new iPad Pros. It is compatible with the smart keyboard, not with the smart keyboard folio, and it starts at four and four hundred ninety-nine dollars. Um, the again, really, the main differences are faster. Uh, system on a chip, ATL Bionic, but no promotion. Um, there are also advantages over the base model, the 9.7-inch iPad, which is still around. Um, it's got a larger, of course, and fully laminated display, and it supports a smart keyboard because it's got the smart connector. Um, that's wild, right? That That's yeah. the thing that surprises me the most about this iPad Air is that it gets the smart keyboard because it's the first non-pro ipad Mm -hmm. to get this you know like previous ipads have had apple pencil support like the 9.7 has it but this is like it's changing again what it means for an ipad to be pro yeah the various features of the ipad pro line are trickling down to other um devices in the ipad family and at this point we have five different ipads in the current lineup because the other announcement from yesterday was the revival if you will of the ipad mini with the fifth generation ipad mini it's been four years i think since the ipad mini 4 originally came out yeah again uh, this is essentially the ipad air but in a smaller form factor um it's got the a12 bionic supports the apple pencil it's got a true tone display and it starts at uh 3.99 uh, but this is the iPad Mini that you know and love. Very small, very compact, and you can use the Apple Pencil with it. And in fact, I thought it was quite curious and quite telling of the Apple's intentions here. Um, they are promoting the iPad Mini as the most portable and lightweight um, digital notebook that you can have, or notepad rather. Uh, and the Tim Cook announced this product uh, without any text, just a photo of Tim writing the famous uh, hello, <laughs> um, you know, the hello message with the classic Apple font on an iPad <laughs> mini using an Apple Pencil. Yeah, the hello message that everybody at Apple is trained to, on mm-hmm. extensively. Uh, yes. to, at Apple to be University, able to at Apple University, I... they have a calligraphy <laughs> course yeah. just about that font. <laughs> Maybe they do, man. Maybe I, I'm curious about the iPad mini. Um, because of this, like, what it is like to use uh, an Apple Pencil on a device that small. Like, I'm kind of, I am, like, a little bit curious of it, especially because it is wild to think of the power that this tiny little tablet has in it now. So, like, the A12 Bionic chip is the same chip that's in the current iPhones. It's not the same chip that's in the current iPad Pros. That's the A12X, right? It's, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit more powerful. But that A12, like, I'm curious to see. Is it, have, have you guys seen what the RAM is? Is it got three gigabytes of RAM too? Do you know? Does anybody know that yet? I haven't seen it. Um, For I the Apple Mini, if we don't know. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that benchmarked yet. But, like, I'm I'm really curious to, to play around a bit. I did price one up, and what I would want would cost me 900 pounds, which is, like, Ooh. I'm not just going to make that decision without going to a yeah. store because that's really mm-hmm. expensive for an iPad Mini, right? 
Um, and plus, you know, saving for the Galaxy Fold. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah, well, uh, you could get two iPad Minis and tape them together. That's true. It's basically, actually. the same thing. Why don't I just do that? That seems like a better way to do mm. things. Um, so, but yeah, it's, um, it's very curious. It's very curious uh, little, y- little product. Y- yesterday, I briefly considered. Um, should I get an iPad mini? And the context uh, was, um, I have two iPads. My main work iPad is the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. And then in December, I bought the 11-inch iPad Pro, but the very base model, just to use as a media mm-hmm. consumption device. And for like a minute, I considered, is the iPad mini going to be better than, than the iPad Pro? You know, it's going to be more portable. It's going to be lighter. But then I thought about it, and I was like, nah, I just like the the design and the form factor of the 11-inch iPad so much. I don't want to go back to Touch ID uh, and, you know, the bezels. Uh, even though the iPad mini, I think the lightness and the size would be better for what I'm using it, like reading books, Um uh, for example, would be nicer, and even watching YouTube video, for example, I think it would be nicer. I thought the iPad Pro, it looks so much better, like the industrial design. I just prefer the way that it looks with the rounded edges and Face ID. And also, I think the 11-inch iPad Pro is better for me for reading comic uh, comic books and manga because of the bigger display. So there's a trade-off in terms of it's going to be slightly heavier and it's going to be a bit bigger and not as comfortable maybe as the iPad mini to use in bed, for example, or when I'm just relaxing on the sofa. But overall, I'm sticking with the 11-inch iPad Pro as my media consumption iPad. Um, but I'm intrigued by the iPad mini. So it's uh, one of those iPads that I want to go check out at the Apple Store, see what it's like. Because yeah, it's like a new context for the device right like i know what the ipad mini is like but now it's super powerful and has an apple pencil and like how does that change it and what it's capable to do because like i'm assuming it can do the three app multitasking i'm i'm Mm. assuming it has the power to do that now which it didn't before right to be able to have app and app in split view and then also a slide over app um, so I'm I'm keen to see like what does that actually look like on a screen that small. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's very curious. I'm very I just in, I'm very intrigued to go and and try it out and see what it's all about now that it's kind of got a new lease of life. Yeah, I, I am too. And I had an iPad Mini like everyone else did, and I've graduated and now have the the big twelve point nine. You know, I don't think I'm going to run out and do it, but I am very curious to to try one out again for like the the new context, like you said. Like this is a kind of a different device than what we knew before, which is which is exciting if you're an iPad Mini fan, and there are a lot of those people out there who do really like the size and prefer it over anything else. What's interesting to me is that the 9.7 inch iPad is still effectively unchanged. It didn't receive any updates. It's still cheaper than this. I think it, the iPad now kind of follows the the line of the Mac where if you want something small, like if that is your primary concern, then you're going to pay a premium for that, right? That the, the 9.7 is bigger, but slower, but cheaper, like all that stuff. But, um, I don't know. I think that's fine. You know, I think I don't think people are going to be drastically confused by that because when you see the 9.7, you know, it doesn't support the pencil. It doesn't support the keyboard. The screen isn't as nice. Like, I think people will kind of understand 
where things line up. I think that this old idea of bigger equals faster equals better, like that's still true in places, like it's still true in the MacBook Pro, but it's not necessarily true everywhere Mm -hmm. anymore. And I think people understand that. I don't think people are going to be super confused by, but the mini's smaller, but it's more expensive, but it does this, but it doesn't do that. Like, I'm not too fussed about any of that. I'm curious what you guys think about the Air and its place in the line, though. The way I I look at this is if someone comes to me and they want to buy an iPad, I kind of think the iPad Air is the default, Mm. like kind of like what most people should gravitate towards. Screen's nice. It's a good screen size. And Federico, you did a really good job of listing the things that, that make it not an iPad Pro. But the pencil and the keyboard is what, what I think most people care about when they look at iPad Pro features. And oh, yeah. you can now get that in an iPad that sits at the $499 price point, which is the historic iPad price point. I think they're going to sell a bunch of these. I think people are going to be really happy with them. Yeah, because not everybody needs the, you know, arguably the 11-inch or the 12.9-inch iPad Pros. Um, I think there's still a place for, like, the... Uh, and and maybe some people will think it's it's funny to call them this way, but there are diehards iPad Pro users at this point, uh, and you know those people, the the folks who want the maximum performance or the best, uh, the absolutely best iPad Pro you can find. That's why you have those iPad Pros. But really, the iPad Air, I don't think it would be because until last year it was called as such you could call it an ipad pro mini or a starting point for the ipad pro it's called the ipad air but really it is an ipad pro um until last year this would have been considered an ipad pro because it was uh and i don't think that the lack of promotion or quad speakers um detract in a meaningful way from the fact that this is essentially Mm -hmm. an ipad pro with a different name and so for most people unless you do need uh one terabyte or more RAM or you absolutely want promotion, this is effectively an iPad Pro, but it's got a different name and it's cheaper. I think what I like about it is it starts at the 499 price point and somebody can get in at that point and then think to themselves, you know what, I'm really using this a lot. I think I would like a keyboard, right? And that they can maybe more slowly over time advance their iPad usage if this product works for them without needing to buy a new device. Yeah. Right. Where like somebody could could have bought the previous iPad and were like, oh, I'd like a keyboard. And, and there are a lot of third-party options, but arguably the most convenient is the smart keyboard, right? Like in all of those products. And I think the ability now to be able to get in at what has been considered like the default iPad price, since, well, because it was the first price, right? It was 499 uh, to be able to get in at that level. I mean, it's 64 gigabytes of storage, which is okay, but it's not great. Uh, but it's okay, um, and to be able to get in at that level and then maybe decide later to buy a pencil or a keyboard because you're using the device in different ways, I think is a really nice uh, entryway for a lot of people into the iPad ecosystem. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think that's what Apple wants, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you if you wanted to move to an iPad, we, we just did an episode on MPU about using your iPad as a laptop and the keyboard was a huge component there. But the asterisk is, well, you got to spend $1,000 to get an iPad Pro with a keyboard. And now you don't have to. And I think this may accelerate the the number of people who look at the iPad as a true notebook replacement. You know, for a lot of people, it does come down to, hey, I can do anything on iOS. I can do on macOS for my needs. 
but I want a real keyboard. Like I'm, I'm one of those people. I don't, I can type on glass and I'm not really that bad at it, but I just prefer a hardware keyboard, mm-hmm. especially if I'm writing. And I think a lot of people fit into that. And now Apple, to your point, has something for them as well. I think that's great. Uh, anything else on these iPads? I mean, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit too about the, uh, I guess where we see these going in the future, like the mini was not updated for a long time. The iPad air was dead and now it's back. Like, do we think this five iPad lineup is, is sort of the family now or, or Mm. are they going to pare down at some point? I think it's, I think that this is indicative of where Apple thinks the product is right now. And that it's very similar to the MacBook lineup even in names and kind of where in the lineup all of those products fit even. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't imagine there's going to be any kind of change here for a while because this seems like a... I think... I know there are a lot of products, but I think that currently Apple has the most coherent iPad lineup they maybe have ever had. Um, I think that, that what you have with the two models of Pro then you kind of have the in-betweens and the starting model. I think that that is it's very coherent. There is a product that suits all of the people that would maybe want an iPad. And that's actually Apple kind of said that in the, in the press release to kind of like, we feel that right now, this is like the best range that we can have for people to meet their needs. Basically. Um, I think that right now, like there is a device for every type of iPad user. Um, and I actually think that, even in naming and pricing, it is less confusing than it's been in the past, I think. I think that they've actually landed on a relatively simple to understand product line as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't imagine it will change because it seems to make sense to me with where they are. Um, but you know what they're like, they will change it again eventually. But I think that right now this feels like a like a pretty good lineup and also gives me great hope for June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think it's a good idea to have the more expensive and sort of more futuristic uh, iPad Pros at the very top of the lineup, because that gives Apple the sort of the headroom to experiment and to try different things for those iPads b- yep. without having to complicate the rest of the lineup downstream, if you will. Yep. So the iPad and the Mini and the Air can stay, you know, with last year's specs, for example, provided that Apple keeps updating these iPads, of course. But then at the very top, they can try new and wild and sort of uh, very futuristic and sort of on the edge type of features. Like what if Apple wants to have another screen size in the future? What if Apple wants to have a different kind of smart keyboard in the future well they can do that so um i think it's interesting that that they're sort of splitting the lineup in this way with a very clear separation between the ipad pros at the very top and everything else for for all kinds of other consumers in in the middle and and you know at the base with the with the i just ipad no adjective yeah and the flip side of that which is i'm sure a real uh real thing is it allows them to also make more um, a more expensive and potentially even more expensive iPad Pro in the future, right? Like if they have more in the middle, they can can keep advancing the technology mm-hmm. in the way that they want, which can change the prices, um, you know, right or wrong, depending on what they're doing. But th- this gives mm-hmm. them the flexibility to be able to continue pushing that. I think that's I think that's a good point. Yeah, I'm excited to see this. I think it's a good move all the way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing people have been 
talking about, we touched on this a little bit, is the the pencil thing. So the Air and the Mini support and the uh, the regular iPad mm-hmm. all support the Apple Pencil 1. Now, Apple didn't rename the pencil. It's not Pencil 1 and 2, but I think for terms of talking about it in a way that we can follow along, Pencil 1 and 2 work. So they support the Pencil 1. They also support Logitech Crayon, which I think is great. Is not the Pencil 2 with its like side charging and always attached type stuff. And people seem upset about this. And I'm curious if you guys are or, or what you think of that sort of opinion. I don't understand why people have to get upset about all this. I, I, I thought it was obvious that um, the new design is ex- exclusive to the new iPad Pros. And you cannot have the new magnetic magnetic pairing and charging and the new completely new flat edge design, and also and you know that that's also tied somehow to Face ID and the fact that these i the iPad Pros do not have a home button. You cannot have that and also a cheap cheaper iPad Air or you know the the iPad Mini for example. Um, you cannot argue that Apple should. Have a single version of the Apple Pencil, but also say, but Apple should also have cheaper iPads because those two things are for now mutually exclusive in the sense that if you want to have again the very best of the iPad Pro, you get the new design, you get the new Apple Pencil, and those iPads, um, you know, the new iPad Pro, iPad Pros do not have a Lightning port, so um, they needed a new version of the Apple Pencil. But these new ones, if you want to keep the price down, um, you don't want to change the design, you don't want to add any more new components, so you keep the old uh, version of the Apple Pencil, which is still a perfectly functional device that is still much, much better than any other Bluetooth stylus that you can get on uh, for the iPad. Um, the literal I, only difference is the charging, which admittedly is a huge difference for people that use yeah. the iPad Pro. But there were people like me using the Apple Pencil for a long time before. But you also have the Logitech Crayon now as well as an option, yeah. which has a different way of charging that some people like. And and also the the current the Apple Pencil is ninety nine dollars. The Logitech Crayon is sixty nine ninety five, and the Apple Pencil second generation, as it's called on in the Apple Store, is one hundred and twenty nine. So like, it's still cheaper. It's still probably more available. I understand that there is a there is a thing. Like I get it. I get that you would love to have the newest thing, but that that's not what these products are, right? Like that's that's just not what they are. Yeah, I think some people I was talking on Twitter about this, and they're like, "Well, if I buy this iPad, then when I upgrade in the future, I gotta buy a new pencil." Like, I, I mean, I get that, and that is, that is a bummer. But you're also gonna need a new keyboard, probably, depending on the the way that you go. And like this, this means certain things in that upgrade cycle. But if you're like me, I think a lot of our listeners probably are. Like, if we buy a new iPad or iPhone, they end up going to somebody we know, or they're sold, right? Like. And, and so you can now hand – the way I view it is like I can now hand off my old iPad Pro or old iPad with pencil and keyboard as a complete unit to somebody else. And and I'm fine with that. And I – you know, I understand it, but it, it – I you know, I, I agree with you too, Mike, that it is uh, maybe less of a big deal than it seems. But I, I'm just excited that the pencil is coming, you know, basically to every iPad now, right? Like every iPad that's sold supports it. And even though I don't use the pencil a lot, 
I think a lot of people will really enjoy that. The people who like Serenity who did her great review that was completely drawn on it. Like that now this now unlocks that for more people and that is a good thing. And and I think it will make the iPad even more successful and I think people who have looked at it and wanted to use it as an artistic tool but were unable to because of the budget. That's now unlocked for more people and that's that's great. That's really mm-hmm. good. Any closing thoughts on the iPads? No, I think it's great. As and as I said already, like it only enthuses me more for June. Like the requirement to put chips of that power in these devices is very intriguing to me. Like mm-hmm. why why one, did you even need to do another iPad mini? And if and two, like why are you now putting an you went all the way to a current generation chip for it. Like that is really intriguing to me. I mean, it says it's probably going to be another long time until they update it again. But my feel, like when I look at it, it's like, okay, Apple felt the requirement that all of the iPads that they are selling have more modern chips in them. And that makes me feel that it's like, okay, we're going to see some, some enhancements to the iPad in the, I expect, well, this year, that require a little bit more power to them. That's kind of the way that I'm uh, hoping that I'm reading the tea leaves. Sure. It it feels kind of like the iPad Air 2 did. Remember that? We all got those. We're like, this thing is Mm -hmm. bonkers. Why is it so powerful? It's like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. now we understand. Mm -hmm. And I I agree with you. I I get that sense, too, that whatever's coming with iOS 13 is going to be a pretty big deal. It's the second time we're seeing this in the span of a few months when the iPad yeah. Pro came out in October or November. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also said, why all this power? And then a few months later, we have the new Air and the new Mini. Why all this power? So I hope that in June we'll, we'll have an answer to that. Um, there better be. It's been two years. Uh, so <laughs> It's time. Yeah, More power. Okay. So that's that's the iPads. And you would think, wow, Apple had a busy week. But no, there's more. We're going to talk about the new iMacs right after I tell you about our friends at Pingdom. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom, the company that makes website performance monitoring really easy. Like, everyone loves a fast website, right? And Pingdom is keeping some of our favorites online, like Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, Slack, BuzzFeed, a little podcast network you may know as Relay FM. These companies trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. Websites can get pretty complicated, and you can monitor any site transaction with Pingdom. You know, sites are not just static files anymore. They have user registration and logins and checkouts and password resets and on and on and on. And Pingdom cares about each one of those little components of your website, and they care about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. If disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know with their tools, and it's super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they take care of the rest. It's all you have to do. Head on over to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial. There's no credit card required for that. And if you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. That's pingdom.com slash RelayFM and the code CONNECTED for 30% off your first invoice. My thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. 
All right, so we'll talk about the new IMAX. But before we do, I want to give a follow-out, a follow-out shout-out to Upgrade this week because uh, for two reasons. We had some um, embargoed information about the new IMAX, uh, which was given to us by Apple. But also Jason got to sit down with uh, Colleen Ovielli, who is the IMAX product manager, um, and he got to interview her about the new IMAX and kind of where the IMAX sits now in the Mac lineup, um, how important it is to Apple and why. It's like a 30-minute conversation as part of an episode, which also has a draft for next week's um, event. But it was uh, it was really great to be able to hear from someone that I'd never heard of before inside of Apple. Um, and I think as far as we're aware, this is the first time she's ever done some public uh, PR like this. Um, and she's super smart. And what, just listening to her, like she seems super excited about the iMac. It makes me more excited about it. So um, I think it's worth listening to. Uh, so yeah, you can go check it out. It's a big bumper episode of Upgrade this week. So episode 237. Uh, it's, I listened to the interview this morning. I haven't made it to the rest of the episode yet, but it, it's really nice to hear from somebody who like lives and breathes the iMac, like that it is her project and uh it was it was great Mm -hmm. jason did a good job congratulations to both of you for that it is really stellar so please go check that out so let's get to the news a little bit uh the imac line so the 21 inch and the 27 inch they've been around for a while since like 2012 is when this body style showed up for the first time but apple has uh, sprinkled new CPU and GPU options across the line. And the main different things are the different sizes. But sort of the, the main news is that the 27-inch, uh, the, the 5K iMac, all of them now start with a 6-core CPU. Uh, f- obviously, from Intel, we haven't made the secret ARM transition yet. <laughs> but uh, six cores across the line. These are eighth generation CPUs, so uh, a little bit newer than what was there before. If you go to the high end, you can get a, a ninth generation, uh, again, six core processor. These are all i5s. But of course, the iMac is really flexible in terms of customization. So you can go all the way up to a 3.6 gig, eight core, ninth generation core i9. That turbo boost to five gigahertz. <laughs> it's like I, I looked at that page from it. I was like, "Oh, that starts with a five. That's really fast. Um, very fast. Very fast IMAX. You can take them to sixty-four gigabytes of RAM. You can take the twenty-seven up to the Radeon Pro Vega forty-eight, which is sort of a, a smaller version of what's in the base iMac Pro, but noticeably faster than the outgoing." GPU option for, for for the high end. So again, a lot of this is stuff you have to spec into it. You can price this thing up really expensive. You can actually make an iMac more expensive than the iMac Pro. That was true before. Uh, it's true still today. But if you want to sort of flex those customization options, they're a lot higher end than they were. And I think the, the base models are all better too. Mm-hmm. But I think that the story is like, if you start checking the boxes you get a really beastly iMac pretty quickly, which is really cool. It fills up some space that there was like a kind of a cavern between the iMac and the iMac Pro. And now you can, if you want to, get it closer, which makes sense, right? That like you can still, you can spec it out and you can get it pretty much in price and in spec just below where the iMac Pro starts. 
Um, but sometimes you don't need to go all the way to the very tippy top and go for the pro model. So it, it basically just gives a little bit more flexibility and the uh, IMAX, little, no, there's no pricing changes, which was welcome. I think mm-hmm. that seems like yes. that's something that Apple's been doing a lot more and more and more recently. So like, that's really good. Um, but there is some stuff that kind of uh, I didn't. I So one thing that's frustrating people, we spoke about it on uh, the episode, Jason even asks Colleen about it, is the uh, hard drives. Still, they still start with spinning disks or fusion drives. That's where they all start. Um, yes. But what this means, which is something that I didn't realize, is that, there's, that you can't have the T2 in these iMacs. And there seems to be some uh, talk online about this. People are upset about this, it seems. Yeah, so so my big uh, takeaway, like in my in my blog post, was this is not a modernized iMac in the sense that it now has the same sort of internals as like anything from like the little MacBook Air up to the iMac Pro with the mm-hmm. T2, the SSD, even the the lowly Mac Mini that our, our little friend got some of the stuff, and the iMac didn't. And I'd point people back to that upgrade episode where. She makes several good points about this. Apple will never say it's about the pricing, but A, it is totally about the pricing. But an iMac for a lot of people is like a work computer or a family computer where storage is a big deal. You have a big photo library and you can get a big you know, big internal hard drive and store that stuff on. And the Fusion Drive makes some things faster, but then you you bounce out to that external hard drive when necessary. I understand that. I don't love it. I, I, I especially wish on the 5K iMac that at least one of the default configurations, which are, again, what you can go into an Apple store and buy. They don't. The Apple store doesn't usually keep a lot of custom orders. Most of it is just the standard stuff. All of those are Fusion drives on the 5K. The 4K, the 21 and a half inch, the top one is a Fusion drive, um, but then the lower Retina and then the non-Retina iMac, which is still for sale at, at $1,099 here in the US, both have spinning hard drives, not even a fusion drive. And that those two machines are the ones I have problems with, that even at those lower price points, a fusion drive makes it a far better experience. I have used recently the, that entry-level iMac. Uh, I've got a um, someone I know who has one, and she called me. It was like, my iMac, which is like a year old, is beach balling all the time. Like she'd open system preferences and it would hang and the hard drive was healthy, but at 5,400 RPM, it's really slow. And so we cracked it open, uh, her Apple care sort of <laughs> out the window and put an SSD in it. And you know what, with an SSD, it's an incredibly fast machine. And I don't expect Apple to go all SSD on the low end, but I think having at least the fusion drive to get in the door makes the experience better. We talked about this actually in our live show in New York. Uh, We were talking about what would make us happiest in the Mac, I think. And this was the point that I I made then. I'll make it now is that these low-end iMacs, so the non-Retina or the first 4K iMac, chances are if you're going to buy a desktop Mac, they're your first ones. The iMac sells better than the Mac Mini. Of course, it pales in comparison to notebooks. But if you're going to buy a desktop, you could very easily start with one of these, and that's not a good experience for the user. Their, their Mac is going to be slow, and the data is not as you know safe as it is on the SSD, and that that still bums me out. I wish they had done something with that. I wish that they had the T2, but I understand they can't do that because like, the iMac has to serve a really wide range. And Jason was talking about this in that interview. The iMac, when it started, 
way back in '98, uh, it was a machine for consumers. Like you bought it for your family or for your school to get on the internet. And over the last 21 years, the iMac has grown up and has spread out. And there are people like you, Mike, and me until I bought the iMac Pro who were doing like professional level production work on an iMac. That was unthinkable in the in the 90s and early aughts when the iMac was new. But it has grown to fill that. And Apple is responding to that with these updates. But they need to bring the low end along too. And, you know, fingers crossed, I guess, for next time. Probably not the T2 unless they make that work with hard drives, but at least the Fusion Drive standard, I think, would make it a much better machine for more people. I cannot disagree with any of that, right? Like, it would, the idea, it is kind of funny to me. It's funny to me now in the same way that it was funny to me when these iMacs were last updated that it starts with a spinning hard drive. Like, it's wild. Like, this is, again, this is the very base one, which. I don't know what Apple actually sells, um, but it is it is kind of funny that that with, you can still in 2019 buy a brand new Mac which has a, just a spinning disk in it. And and I I've never used a Fusion Drive Mac, like I actually don't know how that feels. But I would expect for most instances and most people, like having a Fusion Drive is probably the best best option because you get a lot of storage, it's cheaper, and it probably still runs pretty quickly. Um, but again, I've I've never used one, so I actually don't know what it's like. I've, I've been alone on SSD for a long time, um, but that's because I'm in a position where like my business can afford to buy all SSD Macs, and you know that there is always this conversation about price, and I don't know why Apple's SSD prices are the way that they are, but my only um, my only expectation is that it's they're really good stuff, and then they also put a markup on them as well, right? Because like yeah, sure you can get a cheap SSD on Amazon, but like, I don't think it's the same stuff that's going into these computers, but I don't know. <laughs> no, pro- probably not. And, you know, again, we just, we don't know because we're not on the inside, but it, it seems to me that Apple is trying to serve a lot of people with the iMac. And I, 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 that's good. Apple should have a machine that does that, but I feel like they would do uh, a better job at that if it was a little better equipped at the low end, if they could keep the price point. And of yeah. course that gets into the, the conversation of margin. But um, one thing I do want to touch on briefly with the iMac is uh, the, the, when, when I said it wasn't a modern iMac, another component of that is the, the cooling and Jason linked to this or talked about it in his six color story. I don't know if y'all talked about an upgrade yet, but um, the iMac has a, you know, pretty basic cooling system and it has to scale from the little, iMac all the way to the big one. And if my experience with the old i7 is any indication, the the higher-end iMacs get pretty noisy under load. Mm-hmm. And for me, in my work, that was untenable. I could yeah. not work with an iMac because of the fan noise under load. And uh, that is something to consider if you're looking at, you know, specking out an iMac. The iMac will, you can get more storage and more RAM for a better deal than the iMac Pro. It, the iMac will also be faster in single core work than the base model iMac Pro if you spec it all the way up. The iMac Pro is still going to kill it in multi-threaded work, but that's another factor too. If you're really going to look, if you're looking at spending four thousand dollars on an iMac or five thousand dollars on an iMac Pro, and noise is a concern, to me that tips it into the iMac Pro territory because this thing, even doing like my 4K stuff on YouTube, 
I never hear it. And as someone who works in audio production every day, that's kind of a big deal. You know, yeah. I want my machine to be quiet. And um, maybe I, I haven't read, because I mean, this happened like two hours ago. I'm, I would assume that the TDP and everything on these iMacs is basically where it was before. So I think it's not going to be what any better than TDP? before. The uh, I don't know what it stands for, but okay. basically it's the uh, the the heat and like energy consumption okay. and offput of the processor. Okay. So higher TDP means the machine runs hotter. Um, I don't think they've changed that, and so my guess is that that big beefy i nine is gonna gonna get toasty in there, and you're you're gonna hear it uh, hear it working. Yeah, I there was no changes to the cooling system as much as we know. I mean, but th- this this feels to me like yeah. This is one of the differences between the iMac and the iMac Pro. Like, it makes sense, right? Like, if if you're really super worried about fan noise and or if fan noise is going to affect the work that you're doing on the machine, that feels like a pro reason, right? Like, that feels like a you are a, probably a professional of some description then, so maybe you should be looking at the, at the iMac Pro, especially because, you know, as you mentioned, like, you're only really probably going to bump up with these problems if you do go right to the tippy top of what this thing's capable of. Sure. And right now, if you go to the top of what this thing's capable of, you're not that far from the bottom of what the next one's capable of. So then maybe that jump makes more sense. Um, there was something that saw so Mac rumors, and again, this wasn't communicated by Apple beforehand, that they have actually given some uh, additional build-to-order options for the iMac Pro today. Um, it can now be upgraded to 256 gigabytes of RAM and the Radeon Pro Vega 64X graphics card chip thing can be put into the iMac Pro now as well. So they, they did actually do some, like, they didn't change the machine in any way. They didn't change the configs in any way, but they added more options, uh, more powerful mm-hmm. options there. If you really, I mean, that but that RAM, by the way, that costs $5,200. <laughs> That's more than my iMac Pro cost. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's you know, bananas. Go, go wild, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of RAM, 256 gigabytes. That feels like more RAM than you need. That feels like a bunch of computers. It it will uh, it'll suffice, I guess. You know, if you if you gotta if you gotta slog through it, I guess. It's fine. I want to ask you though, actually, like in all seriousness, sure. why would you want? Who's gonna like? What is that? Who's that for? 256 gigabytes of RAM is a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about like the machine learning and like data modeling stuff. But I, the, but I do understand is that the more of that you can put into memory, obviously the better, the way faster it's going to be. So doing like really large data sets uh, also comes to mind for virtualization. So if you're using your iMac pro to run multiple OSs, or okay. maybe you're like Mac stadium and you have a bunch of iMac pros in a rack, like that sort of use case, most people don't need it, right? Like I've got 32 in mine and I've never even thought once about upgrading it. It's totally fine. But it's that very highest high end. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's kind of the same story as the iMac, right? Like the the story is basically the same, but the the sort of the things you can add on top of it are better. And that, that's cool. Yeah. Federico, are you going to buy an iMac now? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Re- replace your, your aging Mac Mini? No. It's, this is <laughs> the last Mac that I probably ever bought. So. Ooh. Uh, Okay. Yeah, but but it's interesting. Like I was listening, and I'm, and I'm I'm interested in the debate, especially with the with the spinning drives. Like that feels like something that should not have happened. Um, I cannot imagine having a Mac Mini that, like, my Mac Mini is all flash storage. I 
cannot imagine hearing the you know the the the, the noise of the fans spinning again. Um, that feels like something that should have been left in the past. But then again, I'm not a. I have a Mac Mini and a reasonably well specced Mac Mini, but I don't consider myself a Pro Mac user. So I leave this debate to the folks who are <laughs> more knowledgeable than I am about this stuff. But it feels like something a bit, you know, that shouldn't have been the case in 20, 2019. Is that the year we're in? Yeah, 2019. But again, I don't know. Um, um, I'm happy with my T2 equipped and all flash storage Mac Mini. Yeah, maybe one day the iMac will get it. It feels inevitable that they will follow suit, but I guess uh, I guess that time is not now. All right, we are going to move on to our predictions for next week's event. But first, let me tell you about our our third sponsor this week. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our, our awesome friends over at Luna Display. They are the makers of the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. This means you get a second display that's super portable with basically zero lag and gorgeous image quality. So I've been using my Luna display a lot here in the office, even though I do sit in front of an iMac Pro. When I record, you know, I've got documents open and the CMS and all this stuff, the chat room, and I want to always keep an eye on my uh, recording software to make sure that everything is running smoothly. And so when I record, I have my iPad Pro open off to the side and I've drug Audio Hijack over to that. So I can I can monitor my recording with just a glance and still do what I need to do on my iMac as we're speaking. Super great. It works it works really well. Setting up extra screens though can be fiddly. And if you're like me, I actually don't want a second screen all the time. The iMac Pro is great for what I'm doing most of the time, but sometimes I want a little bit extra. And that's where Loon Display comes in for me. You just plug in this small bit of hardware into the back of the Mac and I'm good to go. It all works over Wi-Fi, but if I were to use it with my laptop when I was traveling and the Wi-Fi you know, wasn't working or couldn't get on it, uh, I could connect via USB, which is a really handy backup as well. Loon Display is a complete extension of your Mac. It's not some weird view-only thing. It supports external keyboards, the Apple Pencil, and touch interactions, basically turning your Mac into a touchscreen device. And the all-new Liquid Video Engine brings significantly reduced latency with a faster screen refresh rate. Listeners of Connected can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Just go to lunadisplay.com and enter the promo code CONNECTED at checkout. That's lunadisplay.com and the promo code CONNECTED. So head on over there and upgrade your setup. That's lunadisplay.com, promo code CONNECTED to get 10% off. Our thanks to Luna Display for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Okay, it's time. Uh, do we want to go over the rules again or do we just want to yes. dive in? No, We've got to go should... over the rules. We've got to yeah. go. The rules are important. We live in a society. Okay. Wow. I mean, that, that, that is true. Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with that. So the the rules of the predictions, and we follow these rules and and all of these sorts of things. So to earn a point, everything written down in the prediction document must come true. So if you have sub points, you have specific wording, it's all got to be there. Unless it is delineated with not graded. Yes, there is a not graded uh, section. Subclause B, (laughs) article 4 of the rules. Yeah, this is not so much rules as it is a contract, it feels like. There are no half points. No half points would be awarded in any round. So it is all or nothing, gentlemen. One point is awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first two rounds. 
And then we come to the risky picks. If your risky pick is correct, you get two points. But if your risky pick is wrong, you lose a point. And critically, which we argued about yesterday on iMessage. Oh, it was a bloodbath last night. <laughs> it was really, we're all really <laughs> upset with each other. Woof. The other two hosts must agree that your pick is risky. So there's that. Those are the rules. But Federico threw in a twist. The winner of this gets to go first for WWDC. And as we know, that round of predictions comes with prizes. Yep. So not only do you get to go first, you also get to pick the order of everybody. So like exactly. the the real interest in this is like, so let me imagine in WWDC, we're leading up to it. Let's just imagine that I win these uh, predictions here, just you know, just because. Let's just imagine, um, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm you know, me, we're talking. I'm like, oh, me and Federico think are thinking the same about a bunch of stuff. I want to mm-hmm. put him last because I want to exactly. get my picks in first. Because the way it works with the order is, even though we all put these in beforehand, so we can agree if they're worthy of being a prediction we try we're not we kind of last night established a new kind of rule between us which is that the picks cannot be too simple either um which ended up resulting in a lot of conversation but we did it and we i think we're at a place now where we're all happy enough with the picks that we've got that you're going to hear in a minute but then you know like i could put federico after me so i get all of the picks first Therefore, meaning that I'm probably more likely to pick up the points. So that's why there's yep. everything to play for. We did use random.org's uh, random list generator uh, to do this. And it picked the order as Federico, me, Steven. That's the order. And then we're going to do round robin style for the rounds. So I was I just wanted to say about this before we begin. I was talking to Adina about this uh, yesterday. And I kind of came to the realization of how wild our rules are. Like that risky pick... What that can do is it's crazy. Like it's yeah. such a silly thing to have created when we're only doing three predictions. It's too devastating, right? Like can, yeah. you can it can, it can yes, ruin you. You could be yeah. completely correct in the first two rounds, but still lose. Like it yeah. is it is a like I could you know, like I could be correct in the first two rounds. You guys could be incorrect, but one of you gets a risky pick and I'm wrong and I lose. So yep. Yep. It is for three for three predictions. It is a catastrophic rule, but that's why it's so fun, and that's yeah. connected, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all about: catastrophic rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, no further ado, I guess. Let's get started. All right, round one. I go first. So my first prediction for the March twenty five Apple event is Apple will introduce a new. Uh, Apple News service for magazines. We have heard the rumors before. We know that Apple acquired the texture ser- uh, service last year. My prediction is that we will see what became of this acquisition of texture. Um, there will be a service to, and it will be presented as a way to read magazines from various publications on all of your devices that have Apple News, uh, iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Um, I predict that it will be some kind of subscription service. I do not want to predict pricing. I do not want to predict uh, individual publications because that's that's a bit much, I feel. But yeah, uh, an Apple News a subscription service for magazines and not graded, but I want to mention. I think there will be, of course, some region 
restrictions in terms of availability in different uh, countries because, of course, Apple News still has to roll out in uh, in a lot of places and also not graded. But I think there will maybe be an a la carte option to purchase individual magazines instead of paying a, a, a a subscription for everything but again these why two do you not... think that like how much money could you charge for an a la carte like i can't I imagine know. the news thing is going to be more than like five dollars surely yeah oh uh, i don't know about that i think they could try and risk ten dollars maybe uh oh. but maybe i'm wrong i just I guess feel if, like you know we will talk about this later if you're if they end up ultimately relying on a bundle right which i think mm-hmm. is probably what they want to do right mm-hmm. that like they will yep. want to price everything at a level that individually purchasing one or two of these is silly like the idea that and i think where they want to go is if you subscribe to apple music currently which a lot of people do and you want to pick up literally any of these other services you'll mm-hmm. be better off getting the bundle like i think yeah. that's where they're going to end up pricing this stuff so ten dollars <sighs> for everything individually right like ten dollars for news ten dollars for music ten dollars for video could be possible even though i think a ten dollar a month subscription to the news service might not be mm-hmm. i i, I really don't yeah. want to devalue the news like I, I don't mean to do that but it's purely because of where that market is and kind of how much that stuff typically costs mm-hmm. and the fact that we're assuming that probably a lot of uh organizations that people will want to pay for won't be in here yeah. um, their uh, econ- econom- economics at scale, really. Like it's, it's that's what we're dealing with. I guess I I mentioned the individual purchase option because I was thinking of something like the iTunes Store compared to Apple Music. Like you can mm-hmm. still stream your music with a single subscription, but if you want, you can still download albums. And of course, that's a bit different because you know ownership and quality of downloads that's different from streaming music. But that was what I had in mind. Um, then again, I it don't might know. be okay. So it might be similar to what is my second pick, right? So let me talk about my sec. My, well, sorry, All my right. first pick. Sorry, so the second thing, my first pick, because it might actually lead into what you were saying. Yeah. So my pick is that Apple will announce a video streaming service, which will include content from other providers, um, and that this will either be free content or will be content available to you uh, by paying a subscription within the application. So. My thinking is here that it won't just be Apple's original stuff. There will be other stuff. I think there will be some free stuff, but it could just be that you can pay for HBO through Apple's new video service, which is similar to what you were saying, right? So like, there's going to be some stuff you'll get, but if you want to get the New York Times, well, the New York Times, you can only get that if you give an additional three to four, five dollars or whatever. So it could be something like that. But, you know, my pick is thinking that uh what i what i typically imagine this is not uh this is not the pick itself but this is just to add more context is that like say a network like hbo will say okay apple we will give you all of sopranos to give to your subscribers for free but then you have to promote hbo to get right. more hbo like content and right. then you can people can sign up uh within your application or whatever that's that's kind of where i expect okay. it's going to go so to go back to your pick, you are mm-hmm. saying that Apple will announce a video streaming service, not yep. launch, but announce a video streaming service that will include mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. from from non-Apple providers. Yes, it's okay. non-original content, basically. Okay. So it's not, they will have yeah, content that, that Apple themselves have not made. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
Yep. Okay. But just, just to, you know, to, so I don't wriggle out of it, this does not include Apple buying a TV show, right? Like, so there is such a thing in this world where, like, Apple could buy a TV show that Sony has made or whatever, which they actually already have done, stuff like that, does not count as that. Yeah, this is, like, something like what Netflix or... or yeah. Like, well, let's use Netflix as an example. Netflix has The Office on it. Yep. Netflix has had nothing to do with The Office coming into creation. It happens to be streaming on Netflix for now. Okay. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, so mine is also has to do with the video streaming service, and I'm going to say that it does not launch until at least May 1st. I do not expect this to be ready. Okay. Why then. May 1st? And can you specify what do you mean by until at least? So if it launches on... So you're saying that it launches from the midnight of May 1st and later. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Because Apple has this thing, right, where a couple things went to my thinking of this. So there are reports that Apple has only wrapped shooting like five shows and they're they're going to be, you know, there's a lot more coming. So it seems like their content is not ready yet. And I would I would just be surprised if Apple announces this and and it's ready to go. Like, hey, go sign up today. That is not usually how Apple works, at least in recent history. So it, it feels like... Oh hey, it's gonna be ready. Uh, it's gonna be ready next month, and and so I think I kind of think May first. You know that gives them five or six weeks. Okay, okay. So by so by just, launch, you so mean if, when it launches April twenty fifth, I'm gonna be sad. But, by launch, you mean anyone can sign up and start using this? Yes, it is in the world for people to okay. consume, even if it's on like US only. You will still count. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's launched. Yeah. Yeah, it's people can you can you can sit down on your couch and watch something from okay, the service. But May first has to be May f- uh, uh, after sure. May first. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's very specific. We'll see. Maybe the maybe it being so specific <laughs> yeah. will come wait, back. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I lo- we need to go back to this because Federico said after May first, and you said yes. Do you mean on May the first? It can exist. Yes. yes. After yes. the midnight of May first. Yes. Yes. May one or later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. In hindsight, You're I wish I'd written won't be ready here. to launch at the well, event. Here's, I guess what, too specific. here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. What if they don't give a date? Then what do you do? Ooh. Well, well, then we can't judge this until until it well, happens. But is that true, though? This, again, no, these are the things we need to work out. We need like, to judge no, it. Well, we can't judge this until May 1st, is what I'm saying. So if it launches tomorrow mm-hmm. or next week, then I've lost this mm-hmm. point. If it does not launch, we can't choose a winner until may 1st all right what if they say a date and it gets delayed mm-hmm. my my pick says does not launch all doesn't right. say what eddie yeah. okay, says cool what if you does well, i'm just i'm just trying to understand our parameters of the rules here right like we're not doing like what me and jason do in the draft where like it has to be in the on the presentation or it doesn't count right so like if jason gave a pick like this and apple didn't give a date well we'd say he was wrong right because you yeah know, but like that is the yeah. difference here the, these are open-ended like we will grade them next week but that point could remain open-ended until may the second yes okay? mm-hmm. so it may be that we don't know who goes first at wwc until a month well, but, all right no here's a problem then <laughs> wait at least may- so what if we get to wwdc and it hasn't launched and we don't know when then what do we do no 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 you have that inside out so if it's May 2nd and it's not here, I win the point. Oh, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter about the date at that point, does it? Because we already yeah, after know. After May 1st or 2nd or whatever, it's done. 
So, yes. We don't need an announcement. We just need the calendar. Right. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen anyway. They're going to give a date. So yeah, if it's before May 1st, Stephen loses. If it's on mm-hmm. May 1st or later, Stephen yeah. gets a well, point. No, no. It's when it launches. I don't care what they say. It's when it comes out. That's yeah, what I'm we, predicting. Yeah, but we when need it to grade happens. it at some point before WWDC. We can on May 1st or 2nd, <laughs> whatever that episode <laughs> it's is. It's a long time away, man. Okay. I want to know who won. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's fine. All right. It's fine. They're going to announce a date I mean, anyway. It'll be out next yeah. week, so it won't be a problem. Well, yeah. Well, it, it may. Well, well, it may be that uh, I'm so far ahead of y'all that you couldn't catch me even if I get no, this you right will lose, or wrong. You will lose so. this point, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, all right. Round two, my prediction is, and this originally was meant to be a risky pick, but I was told my, by my two co-hosts that it was not risky enough, so standard pick yeah, it, it is. <laughs> I believe Apple will also announce a service bundle to get multiple services for one integrated single fee. Mm-hmm. Um, now... I don't want to get, in, again, into the details of numbers, like what kind of discount will Apple apply to this um, bundle. I don't want to predict the number or the pricing, but, again, my prediction is Apple will have Apple Music, Apple News, this Apple TV video streaming service. I believe there will be a bundle to get them all for one single price. Um also not graded, but I think it would be interesting to consider throwing iCloud and Apple Care into this bundle. Uh, it gets uh, more complicated with those services because of the, and especially with Apple Care, because of the different kinds of Apple Care um, packages sure. that you get in different regions where the Apple Online Store operates or the Apple Store operates. Uh, but I think it will be interesting to also consider those two. But the primary prediction is the Apple media side, so Apple Music, News, and Video. I predict that there will be a bundle to get them all. Instead of having three different subscriptions, you will get one, and possibly four, and I assume otherwise why do a bundle for a slightly lower price. But all you're predicting is just multiple services. You're not saying what services to be graded, just to be clear. Uh, multiple, not the individual services, just multiple services, right. one bundle. I don't want to predict which okay. ones. I don't want to predict the discount. Cool. I I think you're going to get that. That, that seems... That's why I didn't think it was risky. We've been talking about this bundle, an idea of a bundle making sense for weeks, right? So, like, it seems like a logical thing. Right, okay. And it's it's not risky. Uh, I think it, you're on a lock for this point. I think you've got a good... You came up with a very good pick here. Um, this is why, mm-hmm. Federico, I think you're going in two for two into this. Mm. Uh, you also picked mm. the two that I was going to say... Well, I was going to say the new service and then the bundle. The bundle felt like the obvious one. Um, for my second pick, we are walking back into Stephen's hellish nightmare of dates because the precedent yeah. has been set now, <laughs> and I don't know how we're going to judge this because my second pick is Apple's original content will premiere after the service itself launches. And so... This is easy to score. How? If it launches and there's no Apple original content, it's just third-party stuff, then you right, win but the But what point. if it hasn't launched? That is the problem. Uh, exactly. So, <laughs> so we'll just deal with that one uh, also later. For, that's a, so that's a, also to, to to establish some ground rules here. Uh, trailers do not count. Of course, no, we're of talking course about not. actual episodes. You need to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, what if it's just one episode? Like, does it need to be an entire series? Nope. Does it? Okay, just one would be enough. 
so one like episode Apple, will be enough. Any original content that Apple's created, right? Okay. Like, so that all has to come both, after the date. Both TV shows and movies, in theory, could qualify. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I know that I'm yeah, making it not more trailers. tricky for myself, right? Because they could launch it with just one episode of one thing that they made. But okay. I think that that's fair yeah. because it's leading into my previous pick of the okay. idea that it launches with some non-Apple made okay. stuff because their content is like not ready anytime soon. Let me clarify. Uh-huh. What if Apple rolls the existing and now don't yes. joke, Carpool Karaoke and Planet of the Apps back into uh, this service? They Those, will, but let's. Mm-hmm. I think we need to exclude that from this pick okay. because okay. we all know what we're talking about here, and it's not that stuff, right? Yes. Like, okay, okay, you know, not yeah, even it, if it's it, a new season of Carpool Karaoke. No, and, no okay. I, I don't think that we can. There is like a uh, before time and an after time, right? And that's all before yeah. time content. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I amended your pick saying non-original content is coming first, excluding existing yes. programs. We'll just see. Who knows what's going to go. We don't know how that one's going to play out. We're just going to have to ride that wave and see what we get next week. It will become clearer next week, and then maybe we'll have to come to some kind of like agreement on how we end up grading that one leading up to WWDC. Round two is my pick for the people, because I'm a man of the people, as is commonly said about me. Are you? (laughs) This is a new one. This one is also an absolute lock. Tim Cook interacts with a celebrity. It's, It's everyone's favorite thing. He did the weird finger touch thing <laughs> with you two. He uh, awkwardly hugged people at the Apple Watch event. Let's let's do this then. Let's let, we need to break. We need to expand this one out a little no, bit. No, he interacts with a celebrity. No, 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 no. What if he says hi? I think we need to like physical interaction. Is that what we need to go? I don't know about physical. You I just gave the touch. two examples you just gave were physical hug and finger touch. Which is why he shouldn't do it again. Uh, right, but that's that's why it would be more funny. I, I think, okay, so yeah, more than a hello. More than like, oh, hi, as he walks off stage and they walk All on right, stage. so we're like, talking like, and it, we two know things. It inter- conversation, right, of any kind, right? Like a, a, a more than a hello or like an actual conversation they're talking or physical interaction. So more than a hello or a physical interaction. Yes. <laughs> okay, so a couple of like uh, uh, talking for 20 seconds that counts a question right like a remark something that requires an answer of some description yes Um, the celebrity needs to answer it needs to say something okay Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) he loves it he loves it so much so by by celebrity by celebrity you mean uh, a hollywood personality or Somebody, Could a reporter I think we know. from Vanity Fair count as a celebrity? No, no. We're talking someone who's going to be in the content. Okay. That's right. Or, or someone producing, like, I think, like, J.J. Like Abrams is yeah, up there. Yeah, okay. like he's a celebrity. Some, somebody involved in creating the but, content yes. who is a household name. Uh, Fastbender does not count. Uh, of course he doesn't. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I have wished for him to be cast. I, I'm also at this point, like I'm considering pitching Apple on a TV show just to cast Fastbender. The greatest scam of the Hollywood industry, pretending that Fastbender is an actual actor. My they God. would never cast him because of the Steve Jobs thing, anyway, right? Like he played Steve Jobs, he would never yeah. get cast. Yeah, he's he's blacklisted yeah. Yeah. from yeah. Apple. Anyway, okay, all right, so, so it is time 
for the predictions that will ruin us uh, and this entire Risky game. <laughs> yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> go ahead. I predict that, as my risky pick, that during the event, at some point, Apple will mention, not demo, not showcase, but at least mention new features coming to the HomePod. I believe that it could be part of the iOS 12.2 software update, which is coming to iOS devices. And usually these updates also come to the HomePod, but we don't get betas for those. Um, so I believe that at some point we'll at least get a mention of something that they will be like, they will be talking about a new feature and they will say something like, oh, and you can also ask Siri on the HomePod and he will answer this. That type of mention. Like, even if they say, oh, like in passing for 10 seconds, oh, and it'll also work on the HomePod, they have to say that something new will work on the HomePod. A new feature that is supported by Siri on the HomePod. That is my risky pick. Is that risky enough? But HomePod, the word HomePod has to be mentioned. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh-huh. just saying like this but, is new for Siri doesn't count. Um, if they, but if they say, uh, the, here's what I want to ask you guys. If they do not say the word HomePod, they say Siri on all of your devices and there's a slide showing the HomePod among all of those devices, does that count? Your original risky pick the way you worded it is a feature coming to the yeah. home pod not coming to siri so I, I don't think that counts i think it is a home pod feature okay like yeah so i think you would you would not win in that yeah, situation i think we're going to keep the risk element right okay so a new feature coming to the home pod it needs to be clear that it's a home pod a new feature coming to the home pod okay so I, I would say the word home pod needs to be in the sentence if they say it's coming to your home pod and your iphone i think that's fine they have okay. to say home pod okay. okay yeah they have to acknowledge they still make it they do still make it right it survived this morning's apple store reshuffle it, it did i think so uh this one seems risky to me because i don't know what it could be based upon what we think they're actually yeah. going to be announcing <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're thinking no. <laughs> that's why it's risky all right mm-hmm. my risky pick is that apple will announce a video game streaming service you're crazy <laughs> you're crazy to pick this now <laughs> uh or actually uh, streaming as well like okay let me kind of kind of talk about what i mean yeah what do, what does video game streaming service mean i uh, streaming is actually the wrong word just like a video game subscription service subscription, is more what i mean, mean. i'm yeah. sorry yeah I, I meant to say subscription not streaming i get i get i'm confused a lot in my brain that's still risky it's still incredibly risky <laughs> because it was reported on once by cheddar that this would be happening yeah. but i believe it's happening i've heard rumors about yeah. games that have been delayed because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. So I believe it's yes. coming, but I haven't had anything like concrete said to me, mm-hmm. but like I've heard things from people who know people who know people, right? Um, and I've also heard other people, like friends of mine, say, oh yeah, I heard something from someone who told someone who told someone. So it could be that somebody told somebody told somebody a lie, uh, but uh, you never know. I think it's gonna, I think it makes sense I think it will be small to start and will grow more, but I think that it makes sense for Apple to do something around gaming as well. Uh, and also going into the future. I mean, there was another report somewhere. I th- actually, I think the Cheddar report got updated. 
to say that Apple is also going to become a games publisher, which makes a lot of sense to me. So this would basically mean... Like like what Microsoft does for the Xbox? Yes, that they would effectively be funding video games to be made, which is mm-hmm. a very, very good move for Apple. Mm-hmm. They should be spending some of their cash on this in the same way that they're making original content because then they could be paying for very good games... Uh, this is all not in my pick, by the way. They could be making very good games that just offer in their service. And on top of all of that, I think that the Mario Kart game will be debuting on the video game subscription service. Again, what? not graded. Um, what? <laughs> there is a Mario Kart game due out. There is a Mario Kart game due out, which was supposed to be out by now. And Nintendo delayed it. They just said, we want more time to get it ready. Nintendo were very it, unhappy the- with the money that they made from Super Mario go run super mario run run and the right. pre- and there's also been reports from various games companies that nintendo is becoming trickier to work with because they don't want to just pump all the apps of iep i think they would love to be able to get some kind of subscription revenue instead i i wow. think you're right that it's gonna happen i just fear that it's too early in the year for this uh it feels to me like this is something that has to be announced alongside or ideally after the next mm-hmm. version of ios so i think you're you're absolutely correct that apple is doing this uh we've all you know we've heard the rumors uh um you know of apple approaching different companies trying to do this but i i fear that it's too early so if it happens, this is a major get for you because this is a very risky pick. Um, it is extremely risky. I am expecting to lose because of this, but I still think it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a real two minds about this one. I'm going to go and talk about the TV application itself that runs on the Apple TV and iOS that it is going to get some sort of overhaul. I think we've all experienced it and have experienced that it is... It's okay, but I feel like it doesn't scale up to like massive amounts of content. Like even the things I have in there get easily confused or lost. And I don't have any specifics about what this can mean because I'm not a UI designer. But that the TV app will get some sort of attention in this event. Okay, so with overhaul, you you mean more than just a new icon? Yes, yes, that the app itself as we know it is different before and after. Mm, this all event. right, well that's that's a given, but we need to we need to talk about this in a little bit more detail. Well, n- not just like more content yeah. in it, like the way like it just like the way that you go through it, the way that it works, like will I think be visual is what we need to go for here, right? Because there's obviously going to be new functionality in it. Um but I think it needs and also what platforms. I mean, so take this out of the risky pick i would assume that this would be on tvos and that would make it to ios in like 12.2 or 12.3 or something so i don't know if i'm sure uh i'm also not sure that that's important like i just think that overhaul uh, maybe needs needs some more risk added i think it needs more risk added hmm hmm yeah could have said that last night and i messaged and we were yelling this at wasn't your original risky pick you've changed it so i didn't see it until now <laughs> I, I, no no it's my first one all right well we're here mm-hmm. now we're adjudicating in front of the world we're here now. Uh, i think it needs so a little it needs bit more. to be riskier yeah, i think it needs a little bit more risk the tv app it. needs to get an overhaul of some sort is like super vague right that's not risk yeah i mean I, well, what if i got specific and said you know 
visual overhaul, like a, a new, like a refresh that design. That is perfectly like, I risky. Know. I yeah. think that's risky. Okay. Because, so the yeah. TV app gets a refresh design. Yeah. Okay. What if it's... Um, what if it's the same design, but Apple adds a dark mode on iOS? Is that a overhaul of the That's UI? That's not going to happen in, in next, month's well, ep- well, next Monday's thing. Let's just that'd, say that'd be really course. risky if I said dark mode <laughs> in iOS. Uh, no, because there's a dark mode on... I mean, tvOS basically is dark mode now. So I don't. I think a dark mode is not this. This is more okay. than that. Okay. So Refresh we'll design. Okay. Um, that works. I'm definitely losing this between the May 1st and my risky pick. But uh, as we get down to my not graded picks, I'm just not that enthusiastic about any of this stuff. So I have tr- I have trouble getting excited and getting in the yeah, game. Yeah, you but. are going to – there's gonna, there's like um, there's going to be a spectrum of excitement over this event where mm-hmm. I'm at the top, Federico's sure. in the middle, and Steven's at the bottom. Uh, it's like the opposite of the yeah, iMac yeah. earlier. That's this kind of how it's going to go. <laughs> um, and sure. But I think that's I think it is actually interesting and important because there is going to be a lot of I said this last week I say it again there's going to be a lot of people listening to this show that are not going to like next week's event because it's not going to mm-hmm. talk about the stuff that they want like yep. they just pumped out a bunch of products like I am very very confident that there will be absolutely no hardware in that event I don't think AirPods uh, I, I don't I think agree. Air Power nothing yeah that didn't make any of the picks but I I agree yeah. with you and I think that. Once again, I'll be proven to uh, the three of us to be the man of the people. I have a lot of thoughts about that once again and men of the people. Uh, yeah. That, that would suggest that you were a man of the people before and I would uh, object to that, but still. Okay. Um, hey, everyone cares about the minute differences between the generations of iMac G3 as much as I do. Sure, sure, sure. Remember that if you get if anyone gets the risky pick wrong, loses a point. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if Mike perhaps gets the predictions right but loses a point in the risky pick. Uh, that could upset the total count at the end, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. These are our official graded picks. Now we can move into non-graded pick territory which we only mm-hmm. mention for bragging rights. Bragging rights and to, only. And to offer some context and to share our opinion because that's what we do on podcasts. So, I'll go first. <laughs> Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> sure. Um, I will say non-graded that Apple News will expand internationally. Feels like the right time to uh, uh, launch Apple News in more countries uh, across Europe, across the world. Uh, I think Apple News is only available in four, five countries so far. Could be a good time to uh, to announce an international expansion. I think the Apple TV box will probably get a price cut. So um, the you know especially the Apple TV 4K, I think it's much more expensive yes. than it needs to be compared to other mm-hmm. 4K video streaming devices. And finally. Um, I think Apple will also give a quick tour of the improvements coming with the next round of software updates, especially iOS 12.2, and especially the new TV stuff that is available uh, in uh, for HomeKit televisions in Control Center and in the Home app. Uh, these are my non-grid picks that I just mentioned for bragging rights. I agree with you with the Apple TV, the physical product, uh, the price cut. In fact, that was going to be 
in my picks, but you beat me to it in the non-graded picks, and so I, I just kind of let it go. But I think that something they absolutely have to do, because if you look at what Amazon's doing, what Roku is doing, what Google is doing, Apple is significantly more expensive. And I would argue that the way they pitched it of like, oh, this is going to be a game console and you're going to do all this stuff on it. Like none of that's panned out. This is just a streaming box and it, the price needs to reflect that better. So my non-graded pick disagrees with the comment of they absolutely need to do it because I think that the video streaming service will come to Roku and Fire TV products. And part of the reason Whoa. that Apple will do this is because then they don't have to discount the Apple TV because there will be uh, options for everyone. They're already putting it on some TVs. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that they're going to start putting their service uh, on other sticks as well. It's... Remind me, it's on the. It will be on the Samsung TVs. Is that correct? And other players got AirPlay Samsung too? TV is the only product that um, it, it will will, will most likely get the video streaming service, and also because they got iTunes. Yeah, the Roku right. Fire TV thing might actually just end up being AirPlay two as opposed to video streaming. But if something has AirPlay two, I think in Apple's mind that will be enough. I don't think they're going to make any change to the Apple TV now. Uh, Roku would be the most interesting to me because they were completely absent from those CES announcements. But then the Roku CEO was on the Verge cast and was very cagey about their plans with Apple. I was like, well, we can't talk about anything. So I think it probably is coming, but uh, time will tell. Yeah, there have been and, a bunch and, of rumors. And it, seems too that, and it seems too that Apple and Amazon have buried the hatchet a little bit. So I think uh, we could see that mm-hmm. pretty Apple Music pretty just launched on the Fire TV, so... Yeah, it was on the Echo before. It's now on the Fire TV too. Uh, my other pick is that all the celebrities that Apple will bring on stage will appear at the end, and they'll all come out and like take a picture together, like when Marvel announced the first <laughs> Avengers movie. <laughs> Why? Uh, I think because Apple has, we ran through this last week, an incredible list of people, right? And I think that they would love the star power of bringing them all out at one time, because you will just get in one picture. Oprah and J.J. Abrams and like multiple comic book movie heroes and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why I think that they will do something as awkward as that would be. Okay, that would be awkward. That's where Tim Cook could uh, interact with a bunch of celebrities at once. Maybe he like crowd surf across oh them. God. That'd mm-hmm. be awesome. Maybe a high fives them uh, all as he walks. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's like a. Oh boy. Uh, really, my only one that you guys didn't cover is that there will be major publications yeah. like noticeably absent from the new mm-hmm. uh, well, news y- service. You are thinking of Mac Stories, of course. Uh, I am thinking of Mac Stories, of but also maybe like the Wall Street Journal or, or somebody oh, like yeah, those other guys. You know yeah. how you know how sometimes okay, so like when Apple announced like MMS, they're like, oh, it's ab- available on all of these carriers and AT and T which the only person who had the iPhone at the time wasn't on there. And people were like kind of snickered at it or, you know, Apple does this sometimes. They did it with single sign on with the Apple TV, like all these cable providers will support it. And like none of the ones that matter are on the slide. Something like that's going to happen with this new service. Somebody that we all know is going to be absent and that will be a fun time for everybody. So that's it. That's it. 
It's going to be, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not super excited about the content stuff, but I am really interested to see how Apple does this because it's a very mm. different type of event to anything they've done before. The closest thing really, you know, maybe like the iBook store or iBooks author back on like the, the iPad back in like 2010, 2011. But Apple having a keynote that's basically just about content, like are they going to keep the same structure where like Tim introduces some Eddie and then Eddie introduces somebody like all those mechanics are going to be something to, to watch for next My week. My fear is that Steven is going to win because of his risky pick. Uh, looking back to these predictions, I fear <laughs> that Steven is playing like the, oh, I'm not so excited type of card. This is boring and all of my predictions are boring because I'm bored. But actually, he's playing for the win because all of this kind of makes sense. And his risky pick may look conservative, but actually, I think, Mike, we should keep an eye on Steven as the uh. silent challenger in this round of predictions i think that there is a possibility that apple releases a brand new app for this thing anyway so Mm. uh, i kind of like the name silent challenger (laughs) (laughs) stephen hackett the silent challenger (laughs) silent challenger okay i think we have been here long enough before we let you go one last reminder if you want a technology should be colorful shirt Time is running out. So check that link out in the show notes or go to connectedmerch.com. Don't forget some of the money is also going to App Camp for Girls as well. A portion of the profits will be donated. Yes, to them. which we are super excited about. Uh, keep in mind, Wednesday, June 5th, if you're in the San Jose area, we'll have tickets up soon. We will let you know on the show first when those go up. If you want to find other links to stuff we talked about, and I feel like we talked about lots of things today, a very busy week. Head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 235. While you're there, you can get in touch via email, or you can find us over on Twitter. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E, and Mike, of course, is the host of a bunch of shows here at Relay FM, including that Upgrade episode you should go listen to if you haven't yet. You can find Federico on Twitter at V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Eero, Pingdom, and Luna Display. And until next week, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Papa. Adios.